0: part of Romans 3. So if you've got your Bibles with you, um, you can open up to Romans 3, and we'll be looking from verse 21 through to the end of the chapter, verse 31. And you see, we as humanity, which is what has been looked at at the start of Romans, has a one big fundamental flaw, sin. From the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve first made the mistake of taking the, the fruit from the tree, which allowed them to gain the knowledge of good and evil. When they took that fruit, sin entered into the human race. Everything start death entered the human race and everything started dying and deteriorating. And you see, God demands that we're in right standing with him to be in his presence. That's what God demands. That's, that's what we need to be, to actually be with God. As I said, the big problem we have is we're sinners. We all make mistakes. And you see, we're disqualified from being in God's presence because of that sin. But God gave us his perfection written down in the law of Moses. So thousands of years ago, he he turned to Moses and he gave down the written law, which allowed people to know what God's standard actually was. And you see, that is how we know how we're doing right from wrong. Because God has told us, this is my standard, this is my perfection. And that is what the law was given for. But Jesus came and he changed everything. He changed the whole process of how we can come to God. Because you see, in verse 21, it starts and it says, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known. To which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. See, here we heard that here that the perfect righteousness of God does exist through the law. And that is how the Jewish people lived. That is why there was Pharisees and Sadducees. They were it was their job to glean through the law and devise a plan and a method of actually living life. So even all the Pharisees had their own teachings. Um, uh, So they were all learned people. All these rabbis basically looked through the law and devised a way to live. Which is why Jesus, he became a rabbi at the age of 30. That is why his earthly ministry started when he was 30. And he had a completely different authority when he was teaching. He was teaching in a totally different spectrum and a different way. See, this is up until the point of Jesus, all they had was the law to come under. They had all of the the rites of passage that they had to go through to be accepted into God's sight. But after Jesus, now Jesus has come, we see outside of the written law of righteousness, we have the law that Jesus brought with him. See, people can be in right standing with God now through what Jesus did, through what Jesus has done. And the law points towards it. That's what the passage says. The law points towards, look, Jesus is a fulfillment of this law. Jesus is the point of the law. And not only that, the prophets spoke about him. The prophets, there's so many prophecies about this Messiah that would come, that would reconcile everybody to God through him and through what he did. So what did Jesus do? Jesus came and Jesus fulfilled this law. He came and he pointed it to others. He pointed out to everybody where they were going wrong. So all the people who were really learned in the law and applying all the law in the ways they thought that they knew how, but were totally inaccurate in that Jesus was really harsh on them. Jesus really encouraged those people who were coming to him with open hearts and seeking God and wanting to serve God. You see, we have the faith that we have tonight through believing in Jesus and believing in the accomplished work that he has done. We do not come under the law. We come under Jesus and, and we come under grace and mercy through that because Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. See, despite all the sin and shame that we have, we can be in right standing with God. We can be justified in God's presence because of what Jesus has done. That's what it says at the end through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So it's through the faith that we have in Jesus because we believe in what he's done. See, it goes on and it says, the end of verse 22, it says, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, this is probably one of the most quoted verses. Verse 23 It's one of the most quoted verses um, to anybody who's usually out in the streets doing evangelism, anybody who wants to tell people, you know what, we've got this problem. You see, we've all sinned. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. It's up there, brilliant. (laughs) Yeah, so we've all fallen short of God's standard. We've all fallen short of, of, of the marker that God has given. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Because the thing is, if, 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 that, if that verse was the only standalone verse, we'd be in trouble because we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. We've all done something to disqualify us from being in God's presence. But thankfully, that's not the end of it. Unfortunately, that's sometimes all that people hear. They only hear the condemnation of that verse, the condemnation that, you know what, you've messed up and therefore you're not acceptable in God's sight. And that's a sad truth that sometimes we can go out and only share some of the gospel with people. Ian was sharing this morning about sharing the whole gospel, and that's the thing. We want to share the whole gospel with them. And that's why we can't just go out saying, you're sinners, you're condemned. Do you not realize how you are? Because that's not the whole gospel. That's not the good news that Jesus had. Because to be honest, that isn't good news. Telling people that they're sinners is not good news, is it? I don't know that many people out, uh, out beyond these walls that, you know, If you just told them you're a mess up, you're screwed up, you've done something which against God. I don't know how many people would be happy about that. Thankfully, as I said, that's not the whole story. We need to keep reading. Because in verse 24, it says, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. All are justified freely. You know what, we can be free. We can be righteous before God if we freely accept this free gift that God has given through Jesus, through what Jesus has done. You see, it's a gift. And even though we're sinners, Jesus still come and died for us. Jesus came and died for the broken, for the hurting. You see, we didn't reach God's standard. And the thing is, we, we still, in our everyday life, unfortunately we make mistakes and we still don't meet God's standard, And you know what? We feel guilt and shame over that. But all are justified freely by his grace. We're all justified freely by the grace of God. You see, what Jesus did is whenever he came and whenever he died, which is why we celebrate communion, he made us right standing with God if we believe in what he did. That's the good news. The good news is that, yes, we're broken, but God's done all this. And that's why we need to make sure that we share with people the joy of what's happening here. Yes, there's condemnation because we know there's a gap between us and God, but Jesus made that up. Jesus dismantled it. Jesus got rid of the gap. If we have faith in what he does, if we have faith in what he is doing, and if we have faith in what he continues to do in us, you see, God shows us a, a big word called grace. And grace is very simply, he's giving us what we don't deserve. We don't deserve it. We've not done nothing to deserve being in God's presence, to deserve actually knowing this God, to know that this God loves us and cherishes us and cares about us and wants to walk every single day of our life with us. That's what God wants. The same way as he did with Adam at the start. He used to come down every single day and walk with Adam and talk with Adam. Imagine if you were able to just sit and walk and talk with God every day just as you go for a nice dander through the garden. That would be pretty amazing, wouldn't it? Yeah? Yeah, yeah, You're you're allowed to agree with me. Yes, it would be pretty amazing if you were able to walk and talk with God. That is the sort of relationship God wants with us where every single day he can come to us and sin had took that away. But under Jesus, we've been given that back. We've been given the right to become children of God. You have the right to become a child of God. But do you accept that right? Do you walk in that right? Do you walk in the freedom that, get, that God gives you? Because He, we're justified now because we believe in the sacrifice Jesus made. So you can walk into God's presence boldly. He used to sing a song, Boldly we approach the throne. Do you boldly approach God's throne and say, because you know he's a loving father who isn't going to condemn you, but he's going to love you and put his arm around you. And yes, when you make mistakes, a loving father disciplines the child. That's part of being a loving father. But are you willing to move on from the guilt of the past? Even if that guilt was put on you by another party, it wasn't your doing. I remember speaking to someone a few years ago, and they were so wrecked with guilt because their wife had chose to up and leave him, and he couldn't come to terms with the fact that he had, he was going through a divorce, and he didn't know how he, that was going to leave him in right standing with God, and all the issues surrounding that, and it was so messy for him because he felt that it affected him in his walk with God. See, thankfully, there's no condemnation because when you come and you give it to God, God takes it all away, and he justifies us. Now, does that mean we've got to condone doing the wrong things? No. But when it's outside of your control, sometimes things happen to you without your control. Don't live under the condemnation of stuff that happens to you. And the stuff that you choose to do, make sure you choose to honor God with everything you have. Because that's what God would want. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to live a life to the full. Not just a half-life. In verse 25, it says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this not to demonstrate He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. See, this is bringing history to a close. This is bringing to close um, the past and what had happened before Jesus came. See, before Jesus came, people had to come to God through all these sacrifices and all these offerings, and they had to go through a process of going through all these different things just to make themselves acceptable in God's sight. The high priest, for instance, could, after spending days going through these sacrifices, preparing himself, preparing his heart, preparing the nation's heart, preparing all the sacrifices, preparing all the, um, all the worship at the altar, you know, doing all of this, he risked going into God's presence. Because he went, whenever he went into the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, there was a chance that God would reject the offering and he would drop down dead. So what they used to do is they used to tie a rope around his ankle and they used to put bells on his cloak so they would know if the bells stopped ringing, they could pull the rope and drag his body out because they knew their sacrifice wasn't acceptable and then it was somebody else's job to go through the process again to be accepted. That's how profound what Jesus did. That's how profound it was, because it, it, dis- it dismantled every, all of that old system, all of that old way, which pointed towards how holy God was. And that's why we've got to come in reverence and fear and come with awe and wonder and amazement at what God does, because now we're forgiven. Now we come freely into God's presence through His grace. We need to come in and go, wow, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm able to be here. Do we take it for granted that we can come to church and freely walk into into a building or into um, wherever the service is taking place? doesn't matter where you meet. At the end of the day, we are the churches, the people. But you know, as you gather together, the presence of God comes. Where two or three people are gathered, I'm in their midst. That's what God says. Do you realize how amazing that is? So the God that made everything, the God which which is so holy that people drop down dead in his presence, that's who we come to every time we meet. Every time, even if two or three of you are meeting in a coffee shop just to spend a bit of time just talking and praying together and spending time, that's church. That's what church is meant to be, where you take the presence of God everywhere you go. And God showed his mercy by not condemning the people before Jesus. Because all of them sacrifices, all of the the sacrificed lambs and uh, and doves and uh, animals that have been sacrificed over the years, it all pointed towards the ultimate sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus. And then his blood cleansed everybody throughout history. Because they were just as a, a substitute until the real sacrifice was made by Jesus. And then Jesus made an atonement throughout sacrifice, sac- because God showed His mercy. And what's mercy? Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. He says, because in His forbearance He had left the sins beforehand unpunished. So because of God's grace and mercy, He forgave everybody throughout history. Because all of them sacrifices pointed towards Jesus and pointed towards the substitute that he would make. So he completed the law. He completed that, and he made a new way and a new covenant. That's what we talk about every time we take the bread and wine. It points towards the new promise of God. So we, thankfully, as a church, we don't need to sit and go through all these rituals of sacrificing animals and, and making grain offerings and substitutionary offerings, all these different offerings that people go through. We don't need to do that because we get the free gift of grace and mercy. We don't get bound up by all the rules. See, in verse 26, it says, he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. As I said, we live under this new uh, new covenant We don't need the sacrifices. We don't need to do anything to be accepted, except have faith, except have belief in the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And that's the good news of the gospel. We don't need to do all these complicated things. We just simply accept a free gift. That's all we have to do. Do you remember that whenever you made a decision to follow God. Do you remember how simple that was? Yes, I'm going, I, want, I want to forgive, forgive me, God. I repent of all the things I've done wrong, I'm sorry. And then you turn and you live your life a different way. You live your life to honor God, not just to do whatever you feel like. Because at the end of the day, what Jesus did and what Jesus completed, it's so much more than just the law. It frees us up so much more. Verse twenty-seven goes on and says, "Where then is boasting? It is excluded because of what the law that requires works? No, because the law, because of the law that requires faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. See, some people still try to live under this." law under the criteria of you've got to do this, do this, do this, do this, do this to be accepted. And sometimes we could even turn church into that. You know, to be accepted in church, you've got to be like this. You've got to fit this mold. You've got to fit this shape. Now, I'm not saying that we can justify and we can accept people going against God and against what God wants. Don't don't get me wrong. But the thing is, we've got to remember that we're freely justified through faith. It's all about faith. And we are made righteous once we put our faith in Jesus. We are made in right standing with God. And then we have, we have been put into a place with rights of right standing with God. So therefore, we serve him out of that place. So yes, we do the right things, which the law requires. But we're doing it because we're forgiven. We don't do it to gain forgiveness. We've got to always remember that we serve out of a heart of love. We don't serve to get acceptance and accept and to be loved. It's a finished work that Jesus did. And is this a message just for us? Is this a message that we're supposed to keep for ourselves? Yes, we accept it in our hearts and we've got to accept it. And we've got to live in that place where we're constantly aware that God's shown me his grace and mercy. But no, this is a free message that everybody in the world needs to hear. Because thankfully, we don't have just that one verse. We don't have verse 23 to live under. We've got verse 24, which says we're freely justified. Yes, there's sin, but the cure to the sin is very simple. In verse 29, it says, Or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of the Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith, do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. As I was saying, this brings to completion the law, the law that so many people have tried to live under and live by but fail. The work that Jesus did in faith brings it to completion. That's a, the that's a full message of the gospel. People are sinners, but God's a big savior. People have made mistakes, but God's willing to forgive them for their mistakes if they repent of the mistakes. If they say sorry, does it mean there's not gonna be consequences? Yes, there will be consequences. There's consequences for everything we do, but we don't have to live under the guilt and shame of the fact that we made a mistake. We have forgiveness by faith. We've been justified by faith. We have been made right with God by faith. This is the good news and this is the gospel that we're meant to go share. There's hope for people who have no hope. There's love for those who are loveless for people who don't have faith, people who struggle to believe in themselves. God has faith in them. God loves them. God wants to give them faith. We don't boast in what we do. Yes, we, as I said, we serve God because we're loved, but we don't do it to gain love. We don't boast in what we do, but we boast in what God has done in us and through us. That's what we can boast in. We can just say, yes, I am a sinner, but God saved me through his grace. Because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So are you walking in that forgiveness tonight? Are you walking in the free forgiveness? Or are are you trying to follow a set of rules and regulations, which is just tearing you down because you keep making the same mistakes or you keep making more mistakes? See, God wants us to come to him tonight and to fall in love with him again. He wants us to be truly in love with him. This morning I read uh, uh, you know, I read the verses about what's the greatest commandment. And the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, and all of your soul. That's the first and greatest commandment. Because the thing is, sometimes, and this was said on, on Friday at a conference I was at, it says sometimes we come to God and we are so consumed with, um, you know, so consumed with, you know, if I stood up here in front of you and I said, I've broken one of the Ten Commandments, they would, the, the person said, you know what, most people would jump to the conclusion that it was probably sexual immorality or adultery or, so, you know, something along those lines. But what if the commandment I was breaking was the first commandment, that I'm not loving God with all of my heart? I'm not loving God with all of my soul. I'm not loving God with all of my strength. Are we really loving God that much? This is why I said we need to fall in love with God again and again, to remember what he's done for us. Because when you truly love someone, you're not going to be ashamed of that love. If you see a young couple who've just fallen in love, and they're running around, they're doting about each other, they're talking about each other all the time, I'm sure you can even remember when you met somebody who was newly saved and what were they doing? They were running about with a joy in their face and they're going, I've been saved, I've been saved, I've been saved. That's what we're not meant to lose. We're not meant to lose the freshness of our salvation. We don't let life weigh us down. We don't get burdened down with all of the other laws. We just allow the love of God and our love for him to drive us to serve him. So, just in closing, are we walking in that forgiveness? Are you letting the law and the rules weigh you down? Come to God and fall in love with Him again. Realize who He is. Realize what He's done for you. And then realize that as we come to God in faith, all of our feelings, all of our faults, all of our sins, they fall away to nothing. And we walk in forgiveness we walk in the light that he provides for us let's just pray together god thank you so much that we are freely justified through faith in what you have done for us god you have done so much more for us than we ever grasp so god help us just keep coming to you help us not get tied up and bogged down with trying to follow the law but may we be just under your grace and under your mercy and just surrounded by your forgiveness every single day. May we forgive those who do wrong against us. And may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Oh God, give us every single day what we need. God, just help us walk in deep and meaningful loving relationship with you. God, if we're struggling to remember how to love you, God, give us ways and give us the strength to just discuss it with people, to just challenge ourselves to love you more, not in a false way, but in a real way, God, where we will fall in love once again with the God that loved us. So God, give us the strength every day to love you and to walk with you just as Adam did, because that's the relationship we need. That's the relationship that we want if we're gonna transform Gornal for you. Help us love our neighbor as we love ourselves. And God, we're only gonna love ourselves if we love you, because we know that you have made plans for us. So God, we give all of our hopes and our plans into your hands and come god and have your way in jesus name